I've been here over a decade, uh, on and off. Uh, but you know, originally I'm from India, mm -hmm. but I've been living out of the uh, country for over 20 years. Uh, okay. Uh, naturalized U.S. citizen. I lived in Cincinnati before this, but come to love uh, Northwest Arkansas. Okay. It's a very inclusive place. Yeah, it is. It's pretty good. Right. Which is a little surprising considering the reputation of the state. That's right. Yeah, it's, you know, when I first wanted to move to the southern part of the United States, uh, people, ignorance actually breeds fear, right? Like, so people think, didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And so you assume the worst. But when you yeah. came here, I've not had a single bad experience. That's awesome. People are really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So do you miss India? Uh, not anymore. Uh, you know, I go once in a while. Uh, mm -hmm. COVID stopped me from going. But, you know, the last I went like in December, uh, I enjoy that. But, you know, when you get as old as you get now, you begin to like enjoy where you live yeah uh, and that's that becomes your home yeah and so you just uh, just immerse yourself where you live is english a second language for you or are you have you spoken that all your life all my life okay uh i would i don't know if i've spoken it all my life but i've learned it all my life okay so i would say it's yeah. as native as my native tongue yeah and uh, in some cases it's probably more i'm more fluent in english than okay. like my native tongue we all get hung up on like pronunciations and enunciations and all that. Yeah. I, I only speak three languages. There are Indians who speak multiple other languages. Only three languages is two more than most Americans. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you get exposed to so much. I haven't picked a language since I turned like 20, 22. Uh, so I've been exposed to a lot more than three, right? Yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, some people are gifted. Uh, oh, yeah. to learn languages. I'm not one of them, <laughs> but I still know three. That's just yeah. be, just because of where you're born. So Hinduism, as it's called now, uh, is, a, is a modern word. Uh, it originated in India, but it is as a religion. But before that, uh, it was called Sanatana Dharma, which means like the eternal way of life, right? It's more a way of life than a religion. Okay. Uh, Hinduism word was coined by Westerners mm -hmm. uh, who didn't know how to explain the way of life, right? Yeah. So fr from a way of life standpoint, uh, it's the oldest way of life, if you will, in the humankind uh, before any other organized religion existed. Um, so uh, we, the, the scripture, so if you think about how to define a religion, you want to look at how to define the God, who's the God mm -hmm. in that religion, what is the scripture you follow. Uh, those are the two essential things uh, which, which qualify to you for you to be a religion, right? Yep. Um, so uh, interestingly, the, the scripture we follow is called the Vedas and it was never written down until uh, about 5,000 years ago. So you'd wonder, 5,000 years ago, and before that, it was just, uh, you know, recited from one person to another, and like for thousands and thousands of years, passed on from one generation to another. Mm -hmm. And only about 5,000 years ago, it was written down, right? In a language which, just like any other organized, major organized religion, 
that language is not spoken yeah. as much, right? Sanskrit is a language. Uh, it's not a spoken language anymore in India, mm -hmm. but it's the language of all the scriptures. Uh, so who's the God of Hinduism? Uh, you would have probably heard there are multiple gods. So we believe in that one simple uh, supreme truth mm -hmm. expressed in uh, multiple ways. In other words, like monotheism expressed in polytheistic ways, right? Um, so uh, that seems like a very co complex concept to uh, understand. But when you, you know, we believe that uh, all the messiahs, all the, uh, you know, uh, representative of the one supreme being um, is all the same, right? Yeah. So, uh, so much so uh, Allah or Jesus or Moses or any, any of the, the messengers are no different for us than uh, the, the gods we pray to uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, we see the same, uh, you know, truth in all of that, right? Mm -hmm. So those are the two major um, uh, things which make somebody called an Hindu, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of them uh, who practice Hinduism are from the Indian subcontinent, right? There are over a billion people who practice Hinduism there. But in the United States, there are ever so much increasing uh, Hindu population. There are lots of Hindu temples. You could see hundreds and hundreds of them. Mm -hmm. uh, as the Indian Hindu population grows, there are more temples here. Um, a lot of the concept, though not religious, have been exported from quote unquote Hinduism to the Western world, right? Like yoga yes. uh, mm. is is ingrained in, it's, it's just a way of life again, but it's associated initially with Hinduism, but now uh, it's become a religious, if you will, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the origin of Hinduism. It, there is no timeline for Hinduism mm -hmm. as a, when did it start? Uh, it's been timeless, I would say. Yeah. And, um, and, and, because of that, one of the biggest tenet of Hinduism is uh, the whole world is my family. And because, you know, there is no uh, demarcation between, oh, you follow a different God, so you cannot be acceptable to me. Mm -hmm. It's not tolerance, it's acceptance yeah. of everybody, um, which is the premise of like Hinduism, if yeah. you will. There is no differentiation. Now, uh, that's where the religion comes from. Uh, do all the followers mm -hmm. uh, believe the same? Probably not, yeah. right? Like just like, like in any other religion, religion uh, most of us probably don't even read the scriptures. Yeah. Uh, but this is what the religion stands for, yeah. So um, out of curiosity, now I don't know why anyone would want, would want to do this, but if somebody of a different religion were to come to a Hindu temple to worship their own God, would that be offensive? No, it won't be offensive. Okay. Um, I think most temples in the United States would ask you to not wear your, uh, you know, shoes mm -hmm. uh, yeah. just as a mark of respect. Um, nobody does that in India. Uh, so it's also a function of like the weather, right? Like, so if you, they don't do it and socks are not allowed in the Western, uh, in the Southern parts of India where the weather is hot in the northern parts of India and Himalayas, 
uh, I've seen people wear socks and go into the temple. But it's just more so of, you know, you, if you if you have respect in your head mm -hmm. and you're going there and like you want, you're in a uh, contemplative mood to, to visit the temple. Mm -hmm. So you don't want, uh, you want people to be at their modest best. Yeah. So people don't wear, they're not encouraged to wear like shorts or like uh, anything else, yeah. right? Which could distract other people. Makes uh, sense. So that, that's it. There is no restrictions. Now that's for most of the US temples here. Uh, there might be restrictions in some Indian temples, uh, possibly. Uh, and I don't know if that is driven by, um, I think there are no restrictions to the most parts of the temple, but in the sanctum sanctorum, uh, very few people are allowed, uh, even uh, Hindu, practicing Hindus are not allowed inside, except the, the priest. Yeah. Uh, right. So that probably is, uh, there are some restrictions like that in every religion. Okay. So what does going shoeless mean? Basically you, so the whole temple creates an environment where you tap into the energy of the temple, right? Like, so mm -hmm. it is um, built in such a way that to capture all the energy from the cosmos and put it in one place. So when you want energy, you go there and like get some, right? Um, so when everything, so our shoes, when we wear them and go every different places, every place has a different kind of energy, right? Um, so when you, you bring all that into the temple and you, kind of drain that energy, right? So that's why most temples you go there, you will see that you take your shoes off and you clean your hands and feet, right? Mm -hmm. So it all started scientifically at some point. Uh, it made sense. And over the years, people don't understand why we do things and then it becomes a superstition. Um, and so when you ask a question like this, most people don't know how to answer them. Yeah. Uh, Hinduism is a very, uh, or it's a way of life, like I said, which means like uh, everything has to be thought through. Mm -hmm. Everything has to seem logical because uh, this is one religion where the scriptures uh, actually encourage questioning, right? So the, the entire scripture has been written as a dialogue between a student and a teacher, um, one person to the other. Um, you know, you'll be amazed to hear that uh, even people who who claim to not, uh, that there is no God is included within the way of life. Uh, I don't know any other religion, organized religion, which does that, right? Because it's just completely anathema to what the religion stands for. Yeah. But it's okay to like question everything is the philosophy of Hinduism, right? Yeah. So you would, in this kind of a religion, you'll be wondering why somebody is doing a, a particular thing. Uh, if you keep asking the right question and keep probing, you will get to a place where you'd say, okay, that makes sense. If it doesn't, then ask the right people because you're probably not asking the right person. Mm -hmm. I think I've always seen uh, that ultimately when you get the right answer, uh, my response has always been, okay, that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. 
How many different places have you lived in the U.S. since you moved here? Um, just two, uh, okay. Cincinnati and like Bentonville. So, uh, you said you haven't had any any hostility here towards your religion, have you, in Cincinnati? No. no. That's good. Yeah. Is there trouble finding other Hindus to socialize with? Uh, not, not in the U.S. I think there are plenty of uh, immigrants mm -hmm. who come in. And it's the way Hindu Hinduism is practiced is like you don't need to go to the temple to practice it. You, we have an altar at our house, right? Everybody has a picture of a, their favorite god. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be in their briefcase. It could be in the room. It could be at their desk. Uh, so the culture has been like you don't need to go to the temple, unlike other religions where you have to go to mm -hmm. the church or like the mosque and pray um, so that keeps it flexible um, with the current uh, online generation everything is available uh, online mm -hmm. uh, but there is a huge sizable population of Hindus practicing Hindus in this country um, in fact uh, there are like over 5,000 families who are Hindus uh, just for under uh, around the area here for yeah. this Hindu temple, right? Yeah. Uh, I know there's a lot of Hinduism in this area. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, you know, even if you're the only Hindu in the place you are going to be, if you are uh, resourceful, uh, you should be able to practice. Yeah. Right? You don't need... Uh, it's uh, relig This religion is about going inward, uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, you have the ability to uh, be the supreme being yourself. Uh, look inward and like get there. Yeah, that's the goal, right? So in a religion where you're trying to look inward, you really don't need anybody else, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, that's good. It's very important to be comfortable with yourself. Right. Right. So, how has uh, being a Hindu affected your life? Oh, tremendously. Um, I was born into the religion, right? Uh, when I was young, I was, um, you know, following rituals without understanding what it was and all that. And uh, by the time I was like 25, um, I was like beginning to question everything. I was not going to the temples uh, because I didn't get great answers. Only when I turned 35, uh, I started getting back into the religion. Um, in the sense like I started um, learning uh, some of the scriptures, um, mm -hmm. the understanding of it, uh, why do we do things the way we do, uh, the reasoning behind all that. Uh, so I've gotten to spirituality only in the last decade or so. Okay. Uh, once I've done that, it's been amazing. It's been unlocking, huge unlock. Uh, earlier I used to be, uh, actually uh, fearful of other religions but when you get very comfortable in your own shoes and in the practice you have uh, what I've learned is like what I've sensed myself doing is like being very comfortable yeah. uh, to talk to and talk about or learn about other religions too yeah. and not get uh, fanatic about my own religion but also see all the good things about other religions yeah. too. So. Uh, the other day I was at the doctor's office and 
uh, a few years, a decade ago, I would never have done this, but I picked up the Holy Bible, which was there, and uh, started like yeah. uh, turning those pages, right? Um, I wouldn't have done that before. So that openness uh, yeah. comes from uh, what the scripture says, right? And, and I see that uh, great practitioners of every major religion I've met are the same way, mm -hmm. right? If, they are a, if you're a good Christian, uh, you'll be a good human being. Yeah. Uh, if you're a good Muslim, you're going to be a good human being. And if you're yeah. going to be a good Hindu, you will definitely be a good human being. <laughs> that takes a lot of, it takes a lot of effort to be comfortable enough with yourself to be open and unafraid of other ideals, religious or non-religious. Right. I, so many people are just afraid of other ways of thinking. Right. So how did you overcome that barrier? Well, it's uh, fear comes from ignorance, right? Knowledge destroys ignorance, right? So the more you know, the less you fear. Mm -hmm. uh, that's it. That's what it is. Uh, okay. Uh, what you see in the background here uh, is the Gita Stupa. It's the world's first Gita Stupa. Uh, Gita means song, right? Uh, Bhagavad Gita means song of God and this was written like 5,000 years ago. There are 700 verses in a situation where uh, the God incarnate uh, is talking to his disciple, uh, the person who's supposed to go to war to kill uh, his own uh, you know, relatives. Mm -hmm. This was a huge war uh, 5,000 years ago, right? Uh, just like World War Two or World War One, if you yeah. will. But before that, he develops cold feet and like doesn't want to kill anybody. He just wants to walk away from the uh, the battlefield. And uh, God, Krishna, talks to him about like how you know you have to do your duty, and that he's really not doing things. It's happening by itself, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that's age-old wisdom. Um, you know, you, you, it takes a while to understand uh, everything you need to live a great life is there in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, but Bhagavad Gita is not the only scripture uh, which can help you with that, right? Like, so there are different other scriptures, all these dialogues I was talking about. You can pick one of them and uh, learn a lot about how to live your life. Mm -hmm. So I call it centering. You, get, you center yourself, right? When you center yourself and become more mindful, uh, great things happen, uh, yeah. right? So you can control anger, you can control stress, you can control anxiety, uh, you can control pretty much everything when you become mindful. Yeah. And that's what the Gita says. Um, it, it, it asks, it uh, goads you to do your action, not expect a particular result. Uh, there will be a result of every action. Right, but we develop a lot of stress because we expect a particular result of an action. Yeah, we want a win, we want a promotion, we want more money. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not within your hands, right? You can do your duty, you can do an action. Yeah, uh, what result that action provides is not within our hands, right? Yeah, that's the cause of all stress, right? Yeah, and then you know. Uh, Back to your original question, how do you develop, overcome that uh, 
fear or like uh, uh, distaste towards anything uh, you basically uh, practice belongingness right mm -hmm. so if the other person is no different than you and you realize it um, then there is no distaste there is no uh, adverse relationships right now it's easier said than done uh, each life is a journey uh, there is one more uh, big important concept of uh, hinduism uh, which is slightly different from most other religions is we believe in multiple lives reincarnation so it's not just this one life where you get to fix it Mm -hmm. uh, you you take multiple lives through this journey to get to the place where you merge with the supreme being, uh, the supreme truth, right? Yeah. Uh, so you get a chance to like work on it over not just this life, yeah, but multiple lives. Yeah. So do you believe in uh, keeping any memories from past lives? Uh, I believe in whatever you need to be successful in this life will be given to you right uh, i know some people remember their past lives they are remembering it not because they just happen to remember it because that was what they needed mm -hmm. it, that that memory was given to them because that would help them to to reinforce something yeah uh, or uh, to do something right most people uh, will not remember it. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't want to remember my past life. In fact, I don't want to live remember my past. Yeah. The, the beauty of living a life, stress, stressless life, is to live in the present. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yes, that, that would. You know, I've thought a lot about it. I really don't want to know about my past. Yeah. Forget past life. I don't even want to remember my past. So you've never had any memories of your past lives? No. Okay. No. So, uh, as you were coming to the U.S. from India, what was that experience like? Was it stressful? Um, good question. I, I've always been working for an American company about six, seven years before uh, I came to the U.S. So I've been visiting the U.S. Uh, multiple times before that. Uh, moving to the U.S. was not stressful, um, so I don't know. It might be stressful for others, uh, but change is hard, yeah. right? So the way to manage the stress is to plan that change and only change one thing uh, in your life at a time. So we made conscious choices of not changing a few other things, mm -hmm. right? We we moved all our furniture to in, uh, to US. We didn't change that. Uh, I didn't change my wife. I'm just kidding. Uh, you keep the family. You you keep a lot of things constant. I didn't move into a new job in the co uh, new company. Mm -hmm. uh, so all those things are like taken lightly. But you if you keep a lot of things constant, and the only change is like you have to adapt to a new place. Yeah. Then it's actually manageable. Now you cannot. You cannot wish this or like you cannot like uh, make this happen that every change in your life is unidirectional uh, but try to minimize change because change is hard mm -hmm. right yeah that's good that's really good advice i never actually thought of that before yeah no you know you learn everything by living yeah and so so some somebody has asked me before why have so many lives 
Oh, because you learn. This is the best way to like learn and develop yourself, right? Mm -hmm. uh, theoretical knowledge doesn't help. Yeah. Right? So that's why all of us become wiser as we grow older. Yeah. What were some things that you learned as you moved to the US? Oh, Americans in general are a very generous bunch, right? Uh, you know, that's one thing you, it stands out, you know, if you will. Um, they are very open too. It's an open society. Uh, and this actually confirms what I told you, right? Like I haven't had a single uh, bad experience here. Uh, does it exist? Yes, it does, yeah. right? You, you read it in the newspaper uh, or blogs or social media every day. Uh, but I've been fortunate not to have that. Yeah. Um, I also learned that, you know, people are the same all over the world. Um, you know, if you're nice to people, most people are nice. Mm -hmm. uh, this doesn't mean that bad things happen because others, uh, they have not, they've been bad. Yeah. Uh, sometimes life happens. Uh, but generally, uh, a smile can win you a lot of hearts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so being patient always helps because not everybody knows your culture. Just like this conversation we are having, mm -hmm. uh, you reached out to find out more about Hinduism. Um, likewise, when you uh, come to the US, you come to this country, not the other way around. Yeah. So you try to adapt, right? Uh, if people cannot understand your accent, slow down, yeah. enunciate better, because uh, you have the need to communicate, not the other way around, yeah. right? So those small things help you like settle into a new country. And there is beauty everywhere, right? So you just have to like uh, st stop, smell the flowers, sm smell the the beauty of the place, and yeah. like just be happy. Yeah. One thing I remember is like we use a lot of uh, sports analogy, and uh, even before I came to settle in the U.S., I was working with a lot of Americans who used to wish, uh, visit Asia. Yeah. Uh, China, uh, India, you know, rest of, rest of Southeast Asia. And they'd come in to like have meetings or train and they'd use like baseball analogy or like football analogy and nobody would understand. Yeah, and I now, now you know, also because uh, one, they wouldn't understand the English language as much. And so this like people speaking slowly and like uh, loudly probably was a function of like a couple of wars, if you will, in, in Asia, like the Vietnam War or like yeah. things like that, or World War, uh, where people in two generations ago learned that you need to actually, uh, you know, slow down. Yeah. Uh, you cannot say hit it out of the park <laughs> or move the ball forward kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't translate. Yeah. Right. But that kind of slang exists in every, uh, every uh, uh, yeah. language. Uh, you just have to be conscious of uh, back to the communication part, right? Like, yeah. how do you keep it simple? That makes me curious. I, I feel like we have a lot of slang, especially in corporate America uh, from India. Is there a lot of slang there as well? Or yeah, not, not definitely, definitely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every language has, a, yeah. has, you know, if it's, if the language has been around for like a few hundred years, a thousand years, our languages have been around for like thousands of years. So yeah. you build so much slang. Yeah. Right. 
the older a language gets, the more ways there are to say the same thing. Yes, I know. <laughs> when you moved here, did you have kids? No. Okay. No. My my son was born here. Okay. So have they? I I assume they've gone to India with you, haven't they? They have. Yeah. What do they think of India? Um, they they love it, right? Um, so my son, we lived there for a couple of years recently, um, and then came back here. Uh, my son loves two things about India. He says wild animals on the street and street food, right? So yeah. uh, what he means by wild animals on the street is like the uh, the stray cows and the stray dogs. He loves animals, and so he misses that part yeah. in the U.S. Uh, but um, yeah, just jokes apart, I think uh, he enjoyed being there, uh, soaked up the culture, uh, but he loves it here. Uh, that's why we came back and he went to finish his high school here. Yeah. So what is a experience in your life that changed the way that you think or the way that you interact with the world around you? Um, you know, my advent into spirituality uh, has been a more than a decade journey and which has got to a place where I have learned, you know, the scripture says the whole world is your, is your family, mm -hmm. but to feel it and behave that way and live it is a whole new experience, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's a function of age or, you know, what it is, the life experience. Um, I just love the fact now that I wake up every day, be grateful uh, that I'm alive, um, you know, while it's not easy to like adapt mm -hmm. uh, to any stress-causing events, um, you just learn to live in the present, yeah. or at least try, um, and then de-stress, right? So that one uh, learning coming out of, you know, living it, yeah. um, picking up from the scriptures, all the wisdom from ancient sages and all that yeah but then more importantly trying to live it every day uh, is a game changer right it, it's as absolute game changer yeah my own pers purpose uh, philosophy is like give more than what i get it's hard because you always get more than what you give yeah uh, not materially but you know uh, you know whenever you give you get so much more happiness mm -hmm. uh, from others than the happiness you can give, right? Yeah. So I, I speak metaphorically and philosophically, but it's a great, uh, you know, a goal to have, like to just give more than what you give, yeah. uh, get, right? Um, just um, just keep, puts a purpose to your life uh, and uh, helps you be more selfless. Yeah. What's the most recent experience you can think of where you had stress that you weren't dealing with as well? Oh, there are plenty of it. It <laughs> happens every day. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't give a particular experience, but you know, I wake up every morning and do meditation, uh, but I struggle uh, yeah. even with that. Uh, so this constant reminder to, to be in the present and not think about the past mm -hmm. or anxious about the future is so important. Yeah. Uh, the I would say uh, the 
getting on the spiritual path helps you in that you do get stressed but you don't stay too long in that situation yeah because you are able to come back and remind yourself that hey let's not fret about the yeah. future or the past live in the present yeah and stress is there for a reason yes it is there for a reason um so i i don't believe i don't i've not got to the point where i'm completely stressless but the time spent in that stressful situation is smaller and smaller now that's good. that's yeah. a direct result of the spiritual practice uh, but i think i can do better than that yeah all of us strive to do that right <laughs> yeah is there a stressful learning experience that you'd be willing to share um yeah oh i this is very personal i i went back to india uh, quit everything here because uh, my dad was uh, sick and he was uh, he was not doing well uh, one thing i learned about it was very stressful right um you know we talked about change managing mm-hmm. change is very hard and if change is thrust upon you it's even harder right yeah. and it's not just you the whole family has to do that yeah um so there is a good news and a, a bad news right the bad news is like you know i went there disruptive very stressful in fact my dad passed in uh, within 3 months of me going there uh but he always used to talk about trusting people right um and i always wondered and always argued with him you know why do you trust people so blindly you take and get taken for a ride all the time and he would say you know what i trust people if they take me for a ride it's not my problem it's their problem mm-hmm. uh it took me a year or so after he passed one fine day i got up in the morning i said okay i see what he means i'm going to start trusting people more and that has changed the, my life a lot so yeah. uh it was a stressful situation but dealing with it and like finally understanding what he was talking about uh helped me uh, right but you know it's 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 uh, i think you can learn a lot from any situation in life right it is it it happens to you be, to teach you a lesson yeah right if you understand the lesson uh you you're better for it yeah everything's a learning experience yes, yes. this is a learning experience yes <laughs> so yeah that's that's very interesting um i think a lot of people tend to see people who trust other people excessively as naive and you know maybe some of them are but a lot of them i can tell they're that way despite other people taking advantage of them not as a naivety no i absolutely agree with that in yeah. fact my father is a excellent example of that uh he led a less stressful life because of that just inherently trusting people yeah uh yeah i've seen it in person <laughs> yeah i think it looks a, like you have to <laughs> i think it's a beautiful thing when it happens and it takes a lot of strength to be that way that's right some people are born that way right yeah or uh, that probably is from tendencies there from the previous lives So yeah is there anything that you would like to share with the world 
Yeah, uh, I think there is, everybody should love each other, right? Uh, I have a guru back in India who asks us to follow two things, like speak the truth, be truthful, and show compassion, right? Well, if all of us can be truthful about being a human being, right? Mm -hmm. So loving each other, being nonviolent, uh, you know, not hurting your neighbor, uh, and then be compassionate. Before we have to say something hurtful, just think about whether it was useful or not to tell that, yeah, or do something, right? Uh, just compassion and truth will take us a long way. Mm -hmm. I agree, for yeah. sure. Well, I really appreciate you talking with me. I've uh, certainly enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Thanks a lot for reaching out.